0: Hello and welcome to Ask Mama Amy, a podcast promoting practical advice and resources for strong mothers. I'm your host, Amy Shaw, single mom and estate planning attorney and founder of Shao Law. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited that we have three amazing women with us today and I'm so happy to be interviewing them. So we have three midwives from Termaline. I'm going to let them introduce themselves um, and let you know what they do. Okay, go ahead.
1: I'm Josie, and I am a licensed
2: midwife and owner of Termally. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the titles are all going to match. I'm Maral, another
2: one of the owners and a of midwife of Termally. And I'm Allison, and I'm a licensed midwife and a mother of four. Nice
0: to meet you. Nice to have you. I'm so excited. Well, first off, my biggest question is, we have three amazing women here. How did you come together? There must what was the reason that you got together and started this um, link business of midwifery? Tell us all about it.
3: Yeah, I mean, we all had encounters with each other in different capacities while we were like midwifery students and just working in the community. It is a really tight knit community, so you do get to know each other really well. Um, We worked. Allison and I were um, in the same midwifery cohort together. Josie went to the the same school. She was a couple of years ahead of us, but um, we got to work together, kind of in different settings at a couple of the other facilities um, in San Diego. And we just knew that we had a kind of a different vision for a different type of birth center that we wanted, both for ourselves and for our community. So we have this similar goal of we want something really sustainable for the midwifery team and something that can really serve the community long-term and through multiple avenues of connecting people, providing really awesome midwifery care. Um, so it just kind of came about very organically. Allison really spearheaded the project. She was, she's our like, we're going to do this and we're going to do it well. Um, she's our motivator. So um, she kind of got the team together and it just made sense. We started the journey.
0: That, that's so awesome. Yeah, I know. Like, this is such an important topic to me when I just flash back to when I had my first uh firstborn and that whole journey of like hypnobirthing and embracing my body and all that. Um, so I'm so curious. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your own journey as a mom and your own experiences and how that relates to what you do now? Yeah, Starting with. Allison, okay. <laughs> since you're the spearhead at one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, as far as like leading me to midwifery, I have four kids, as I mentioned, three of them were born in hospital. Um, pretty traditional how I think most people experience they were fine. Like mm-hmm. I would say that I enjoyed my births. My, my last one um, was I had an epidural that went really wrong. So I was sick for about three weeks to a month. Oh gosh. Really terrible headache where the fluid comes out of your spine and you can't up for a long time. So when I got pregnant with the fourth, I knew that I would not let anyone ever touch my spine again because it was so terrible. And I started researching other alternatives like how or where I could give birth. So it really wasn't on my radar. That was not my culture. That's not how my mom gave birth out of hospital. So this was very new to me. Mm -hmm. And I just Reached out to the community, went to every class I could think of. I hired a doula, which I don't think I'd have ever heard of before With mm-hmm. until my birth, It was weird. I'd never heard. I didn't know what a doula was. And I didn't know what the difference between a midwife and a doula was, which is something we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. And I ended up giving birth at a local birth center here in San Diego and had an amazing experience. Could not believe what my doula did for me, how long she was there. Um, The effort, her knowledge, how loving she was and how beautiful my experience was and how different, like I thought my other births were great, but this was my husband being from Brazil where you don't really see vaginal birth, especially at a hospital very often. He was amazed that I gave birth in water and how peaceful it was. Our family was in there, my my older kids attended and we just had a really beautiful experience. So it led me, I'm like, I want to be a doula. And then I want us to open a birth center that just needs to have my personality. So oh. That's my dream.
0: I just I, as you are talking about it, I'm just imagining the beauty of it. You know, everybody,
2: you know, next to you, embracing it. That's just so amazing. Oh, I had seven, not we don't recommend this for everyone, but I had this my fourth baby first of all, and I needed like my husband was behind me in the bathtub. My doula was like doing pressure points on my feet. Someone was doing them on my hands. And someone's banning me. I know. I'm a very high maintenance person, and my kids were in the other room. They had a suite, so there was another area, so my older kids could be there, cringing, listening to the sounds I was making. And then they came in afterwards. So it was really beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. What an amazing story. What about morale?
3: Yeah. I actually I don't have any kids, so I just kind of came to Midwifery really from like a like a kind of social scientific background. Um, I have a degree in anthropology and a degree in um, gender and sexuality studies. And um, through my work in that avenue, I was able to see how um, difficult Western medicine can be on like anybody who's not a cis white male. (laughs) And so I really wanted to explore how to support everybody and women and non-binary people, um, in a different way, especially around birth, because it's, um, by definition, not a medical procedure.
0: Um,
3: and so, yeah, just like doing through doing research and finding information on, um, what is the safest options for, you know, healthy people. Um, that's kind of what brought me to midwifery. And so I'm really dedicated to this as like the safest option, actually.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird because like modern uh, medical world makes us think that we have to go to the hospital. Like that's the only way, but apparently not. Um, Yeah, what about Alison? Well, so Josie. (laughs) I'm sorry, I got this reverse. (laughs) No worries. Josie.
1: (laughs) I'm also a mother of four as well. and I was actually in kind of a pre-nursing program when I became pregnant with my first daughter and, um, really had always known that I wanted to have a natural birth. Um, <clears throat> and had also been always fascinated by birth and pregnancy and babies and, um, like just female reproductive, um, organs and the whole process cycles, everything. And, um, and so when I was on my nursing path, I thought, oh, I'll be a labor and delivery nurse because it just fascinated me. And then after giving birth in the hospital with my with my first daughter, I realized that the hospital wasn't really set up to give individualized care or even to um, to like share in the goal of what that family is working towards. I had to really fight for a natural vaginal birth. Um and, you know, later, I realized more and more that I didn't have any complications. I was a very healthy, normal pregnancy. And I still was threatened with things like cesarean. And mm. so um, after giving birth, which was the most mm. beautiful, empowering, transformative thing I've ever encountered, I can't wait for Meral to do it. <laughs> I take <laughs> her for a baby all the time. Um <laughs> I, um, yeah, I just knew that I wanted to still support women and families giving birth, but I wanted to do it on their terms and not within, you know, the confinement of protocols and regulations that aren't really governed on individualized care, even on safety. Like Maral said, Mm -hmm. Um, oftentimes Mm -hmm. what happens in the hospital is not actually the safest for for care for that individualized person. But, anyways, so that's kind of my journey. And then I had my second baby in a local birth center as well, the same one that Allison birthed in. And then my last two babes were born at home, Mm -hmm. um, which was really lovely with um, all my other kids there. And it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. So, uh,
0: so, yeah.
2: That is just amazing. I
0: love stories like these. Oh, like, oh. (laughs) So, well, the big question. What is the difference between the doula and midwives? (laughs) Since Allison mentioned that might as well get it out. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think the more information we can get out about that, the better. So um,
3: both are a part of an individual's birth team. Um, Doulas are going to be more focused on like the non-medical needs of the birthing person. So physical support, emotional support. Um, They meet with the client um, in advance of them giving birth to get to know them. What are their goals? What are their desires? Um, and they're absolutely vital to the birth process. Um, And then midwives, our responsibility are the medical components of of the prenatal care, birth and postpartum. So we're a person's primary care provider throughout their pregnancy. Um, And then, of course, during the birth, and then we do a super extended postpartum plan with our clients. We um, see them up to the three-month mark, and they have 24-7 access to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're there for if medical intervention is needed. Uh Um, And, of course, we do all of the other stuff, too. There are times where we step in and hold a hand and reassure Mm or press on the back. But um, having the doula as a part of the team, too, means you're going to have both of your needs met all the time, mm-hmm. right? So a doula is going to be there to um, provide that counter pressure or guide you or just make you feel more comfortable. And then if we need to step in in a situation that needs more medical assistance, then we're like ready to go and able to do that. So that's kind of the big difference. Doulas don't really provide
2: medical care versus midwives. That's um, that's our main We're Licensed
1: medical providers. Mm-hmm. We're licensed yeah. by the
2: medical board. So we're licensed by the same yeah Uh, so
0: in your practice like at what time point do you find people usually come to see you or what would would you recommend the best time to come and see you
1: well the best time (laughs) to see us is as soon as possible because yeah preconception because preconception yeah why not why not start building you know a good foundation with your care provider and also getting really good ideas to set you up for the healthiest pregnancy possible. A lot of nutritional support. We talk about Uh supplements, lifestyle stressors,
0: Uh Uh,
1: but oftentimes I'd say people usually come to us in the second trimester when they find out that they're kind of dissatisfied with their care provider or, um, you know, they, they hear, about what you know, a water birth is. Or they're doing more research, and they're like, we really want a natural, unmedicated, supportive. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so you have a whole team from preconception to provide those nutritional needs and recommendations from the beginning, yeah. and then all the way to three months after, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you? So, do you have different providers that you work with to be able to put this together, and then you're the main person making all those prescriptions or things like that?
3: Then, um, so as the as the midwives, as the four midwives that are here, we do a lot of the preconception and prenatal birth and postpartum care. In mm-hmm. some situations, if there are things that need more than we can give, then we're going to refer to other providers that work with us here at Tourmaline. Um, so we have a, an amazing group of wellness providers. We have an awesome naturopathic doctor, pelvic floor therapist, holistic psychotherapist, mm-hmm. acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. And fun things too, <laughs> massage, facials, things like that. <laughs> nutritionist. Uh, nutritionist. So if things are going out of our scope, or there's something that we're like, oh, this client's going to need a, a lot more like supervision and guidance beyond um, what, you know, our education <clears throat> level is at on that specific topic, then we'll refer up to the other provider.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, we're kind of like a hub for our clients. So if things are kind of continuing in that normal, natural range. We have lots and lots of tools and resources to kind of nudge things back into normal if we need to. And then if we're unable
1: to with the tools, then
3: we're going to refer to other providers. Yeah.
1: When Allison had this vision of a center, she wanted it to be a full collective with other providers that we could refer to, because oftentimes, I mean, you've given birth, it can be really challenging when you're postpartum and you're, you're acclimating to having a new baby and someone tells you like, oh, you should probably see a pelvic floor therapist, or you should talk yeah, to I had that. Somebody told yeah. me. Uh, and you're like, Where do I go? Yeah. You out? Is this person, you know, mm-hmm. it, it can be unnerving as a new mom and yeah. we're in a vulnerable place already ready and so all of our providers here are really lovely Mm -hmm. the energy of our center when you come in is really nourishing and we want to make sure that each one of the practitioners that partners with tourmaline is invested in like the family so not just like
3: Mm
1: -hmm. come with you know a complaint and then this is your your prescription of what you need to do but like really invested in like how, how is their life going to improve and how are they going to be healthy in the community within their family for forever? So. Um, yeah. We
2: put a lot of effort into making sure that our clients get to meet the team prenatally. So they may not need to um, access any of those services or they may not need to see the public floor therapist or the psychotherapist, but we make sure that we introduce them, they see their face Hopefully, they get to have a conversation so that they can build rapport prenatally. Mm-hmm. So, if something does if they do need on for postpartum, it's a familiar face and part of their community. Because that's what we're doing is we're building, we're fostering community. We want people to feel like we're family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I love the mom approach, right? It feels like you're my mom, right? I could just ask you anything, and then you have every all the people that I need to know.
1: Midwifery does talk a lot about, you know, midwifery means with women. And then midwifery is all about mothering the mother. So it's very true. It's it's a nourishing practice.
0: Yeah. And so for our local moms who are new to this concept or who are exploring this concept, um, <clears throat> one of the fears that I have heard very common is what if something goes wrong in the birthing process? Um, there's this fear and when of, of, of needing that care and they feel like because of the preconception in society, we feel like we have to be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to the moms that have this concern?
3: Yeah, so I think that's a really important question because you can only birth successfully in the place where you feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of our we do go through this with a lot of our clients that are touring to give them all the information. So um, mm-hmm. we do have lots of medications and safety equipment here. So we have medications to stop a hemorrhage, postpartum bleeding. We have IV fluids and antibiotics and tools to help babies breathe. So all of those more common things are here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we know that we're 15 minutes away from the closest hospital. So we're also monitoring in a different way, both prenatally and in labor and as well. But Um, We're looking at lab work with a more critical eye because we know we're trying to get our clients to the healthiest place that they can possibly be knowing we're 15 minutes away from um, those like major emergency tools, like an emergency C-section. And then in labor too, we're monitoring baby, we're monitoring mom's vitals. um, And we always have that mindset of, you know, if we're needing to go to the hospital for any reason, we're going to go. And oftentimes, if we're going, it's not um, it's not a dire emergency in that moment. Typically, we're finding something signs maybe that baby might need support or mom might need support after the birth or during labor. So, if we're going to the hospital, we're going to be closer to those to the big emergency tool, right? Emergency C section and also continuous monitoring. Um, so, to answer the question. Um, basically, we're just monitoring in a different way, because yeah. we know we're in a different setting. So um, that's how we continue to keep our clients safe. Um, and then also that preventative medicine piece in the prenatal period. So um, we're looking at our clients diet supplements, um, and making sure that they're really in a healthy zone, and not just that we're like, above these bare minimums, you know, and anemia <laughs> is one example, I really like to use, we're really critical of If our clients even have mild anemia, we're hitting it hard. We're modifying their diet. We're putting them on a supplement regimen. We can get iron infusions through um, amazing uh, naturopathic doctor, Dr. Oberg, that we work with um, because we want to make sure that we're not at that low point. You know, in the hospital setting, they can be like, oh, well, if she bleeds a lot, we'll just give her a blood transfusion. No big deal. We know that's not ideal for anybody's body, and we know we're
2: far away from that tool. So we're just looking at things from a different perspective to keep our clients safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to add to that, one a really important component is that we really believe in a physiological birth, and that's how we're trained. Mm. So not um, not intervening, so not using unneeded interventions, really cuts down on. The rate of something going wrong and it's so we try to get people to educate themselves on that point because there's statistics showing that mm. you don't intervene normally things go better so if we're not putting our clients on a time you know a timer where they can only labor so long their water can only be broke for a short period of time we still yeah. have our protocols that we follow our safety protocols yeah. but because we're offering such individualized care we are able to provide a different protocol for each client going by their, you know, how the birth is, pro- or how the, the labor is progressing. Mm-hmm. So when you're not trying to force them into this little um, cookie cutter, like we all do, this is how we do things. You know, this birth needs to be like this. That doesn't work because in society, we all can't eat the same food. We can't take the same medications. Emotionally, we're all different and birth is the exact same way. We need to look at it as a very beautiful, um, mm-hmm. Ceremony, like it really is. It's a beautiful ceremony. They're not sick. There is a small percentage of women that we totally know and believe need to give birth in hospital, and we don't even try to. We we're not we're not here to convince people that this is the right place for them. We just know it's a safe alternative for other yeah. for women that are looking for this experience. We do want to educate people that midwifery is used all over the world. Yeah, every other country utilizes midwifery as the first. Um, what do you call it first care that a woman will get mm-hmm. unless there's something going wrong mm-hmm. yeah and an OB will come in in America we don't do that we have very different statistics we have the highest maternal death rate in all developed countries we have a very high postpartum depression rate and it's just because of a lack of community lack of individualized yeah. care and um unneeded interventions
1: yeah the safety is um, you know, when you're going through birth, it is a reality that there is a mother and baby um, that we need to keep safe. And when you look at the studies and like the random, uh, even ACOG will say this, which is the Academy of Obstetrics and Gynecologists. And that's that if there is the like single most important thing to, mm-hmm. to keep people safe is to have one-on-one care for a family in a Friendly, positive environment. Mm -hmm. And luckily, midwifery care does that. You know, our clients we see one on one. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes during a birth, sometimes they've got two or three of us that are just here for them throughout the whole birth and postpartum. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you have someone that's that connected, not only to your medical information and your lab results and your ultrasounds, but also Mm -hmm. to your emotional side and your familial history, Mm -hmm. the, the outcomes are really good for safety. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also the midwife is able to really see Mm -hmm. when there's something that is abnormal. And that's when, like Merle said, we would transfer. And there's, I think there's always a risk in in birth and like Allison said the U.S. has like one of the highest mortality rates of developed countries and so what I often say to people is like if something does happen right which is not what we want but who's there to support you through that process your midwife will be and we will be we'll be there through the whole prenatal period We'll be there through the birth and we'll be there through the postpartum and we'll probably be there through the rest of your life to be able to say like, hey, how are you doing? That was rough. And we're also going to follow up with like trauma informed care and therapists and pelvic floor and like really try to promote health versus, you know, the obstetrical model sends you to, you know, your six week ob visit and your pediatrician and let us know next time you're pregnant you know so There's so much
2: that happens in that it's window, just, that six week window
1: it's just such a different different
0: type of care absolutely so. absolutely i love this whole holistic approach unlike the the typical approach where that where people see it as a transaction. It's just like giving birth, that's it. Whereas you come from a, such a holistic approach that people can, the moms can feel safe in and rely on. And then now, what is your, you've seen so many births, of course. And so what would you say is the definition of a strong mom in this whole birthing process?
2: That's a really That's a big question. So many different things. I think yeah.
1: I would say a strong mom is a mom that knows what she wants and is, is not fixated on the outcome, but really indulges in the journey and the surrender that is mother motherhood. I'm going to cry. But, um, because it can be really easy for us to be like, oh, I want it to look like this. I want to breastfeed or I want to give birth naturally or I don't want an epidural. But really, a mother that can surrender to the process and realize that birth is empowered and transform transformative, whether we give birth in hospital or out of hospital with a cesarean, <clears throat> um, to me shows a lot of strength and and just beauty because that's mm-hmm. that's what it's about. It's mm-hmm. it's and we have clients that will be like, I I want to transfer, you know, it's happened, or or even clients that are like you know, birthing and maybe their process is, is, isn't what they wanted, but they find empowerment in it anyways. And I think that is strong to me.
2: Mm -hmm. Being Mm -hmm. vulnerable is really difficult and it takes a very strong (laughs) person to be vulnerable, even to say, I want to transfer Mm -hmm. and not feeling guilty, being honoring yourself, your true feelings, how you feel safe, you know, we can't get caught up in our expectations or our plans and you can't plan birth. You just can't. You can educate yourself,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but you have to be vulnerable and let things and, and have trust. Trusting is also a, a difficult thing mm-hmm. to, yeah. to do.
1: And that's motherhood. Like you can't plan any <laughs> of that. <you> know? <laughs> Nothing can
0: be planned in motherhood. <laughs> oh, awesome. And so <clears throat> before we wrap things up, would each of you share some words of wisdom to our local moms? Oh, I I think
3: for me, I just recommend like finding your support people and that can look really different for everybody. Um, but like, yeah, finding people, um, around you that are having the same experiences that you or have children that are the same age. And sometimes that looks like just calling your local midwife, <laughs> what activities they have going on, do they have support groups? Yeah. Um, that's mm-hmm. the best way to like, grow And feel secure is to have community around you. No one thrives as an island. Um, I think, you know, every kind of negative feeling and emotion <laughs> grows if you're isolated. So um,
2: I think finding community is my mm-hmm. most important pearl of wisdom. Yeah. 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 I have to say, mine, especially for first time parents, mm-hmm. is to encourage them to really um, realize that they're already parents, even though the child has not been born, and to trust their intuition. From my experience being a really young mom, um, you have doubts. It doesn't matter how old you are, but mm-hmm. you have doubts. You don't trust yourself. You're always looking to someone else for an answer. And being a mom and then working with so many parents, you really need to trust your intuition. You do know that child better than anyone else. Even in pregnancy, we try to check in with our clients all the time and ask them what they feel. You know, how are you feeling in labor? you know if you ever feel something is off we need to know your vitals look fine we still want to know if you what you think is going on because it's so important and when you have a child it's the same thing when you go to a physician they went to school and they read books and they have experience from working with people but they don't have the same connection you have to your child and i wish i would have known that with my first cuz so many i did so many things <laughs> that i would have done differently and i feel bad for him but um <laughs> he's okay now yeah, he's, well, he's, <laughs> well, he's <you> know, resilient <laughs> i knew like i knew what was going on and i knew things that would have helped him but i trusted people because they had more experience so yeah. educating yourself there's so many so many tools to educate yourself right now and not caring because i know that physicians and even midwives when people walk in if yeah. they, they know better than us it might be hard to take but if it's a good provider they're going to listen to you and and pride won't be in the way of hearing what that parent thinks is wrong with their child and asking, hey, I really have a feeling this is what's going on. Can you check that? And be okay with it. So follow your intuition. You are a parent even before the baby's born. Most of the time. Yeah. My tip, this is Josie, <laughs> be to manage,
1: manage expectations And be gentle with yourself. We have so many expectations Mm -hmm. from society, from ourselves, from media, like from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it can be really challenging to not have that like mom guilt or why did this happen? And so I think surrendering to the process that is being a mother and having compassion with yourself and releasing those expectations um, is the best thing you can do. Uh, and knowing that it, it's not always going to be pretty and easy and like that's the beauty of it, right? Um, so yeah, that's what I would say.
0: That's so amazing. Thank you all ladies. Um, so how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about your services?
3: Oh yeah, our, we're everywhere. So we have our website, <laughs> termalinecollective.com, uh-huh. um, our Instagram, termaline underscore collective. Um, we post a lot of stuff on our Instagram, mm-hmm. like information about, and then our classes, lots of fun stuff on there. And then people can literally call all the time. So we field questions from people that are not our clients
1: mm-hmm. every day.
3: Yeah. Um, and yeah, our phone number is on the website. It's 858-900-2004. <laughs> um, We love hearing from people in our community, whether they're trying to start care or just have basic questions. We're here to support.
1: Yeah, and we do offer free tours and consultations for anyone. So if someone wants to just check us out or has some questions, they can call and come in and meet with the midwife.
2: Um, We offer things like miscarriage support, too. We have people come in from the community that just don't know where to go. Mm. And they've suffered a loss. So that's something we want people to know. We also mm-hmm. have a community ultrasound day, the third Wednesday of every month, where people can come in and get. During COVID, it was really important. You couldn't bring a partner. Mm-hmm. So we were inviting families in. So we just continued to do that because it's so popular. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. in. It's really reasonably priced. And we have an amazing team, and the family can come in and see the baby. Yeah, and
1: we have new family meetups. So kind of like, For people to connect postpartum and create community, and we have prenatal yoga, and lots of um, fun first days and CPR for
2: babies. Yeah,
1: sometimes we have self care days. We've got lots of stuff going on. Um, Yes.
0: Wow, that's amazing!
1: (laughs) Can I schedule my next tour? (laughs) Yeah, come on. and also we're working to kind of create a docu series or possibly a documentary to really. Spread
2: the, the word of midwifery. Mm. So, yeah. so that's coming that's soon. That's coming soon. Excited. We're really, it's a
0: I, I am so <laughs> excited about that. Keep me posted. Well, thank you all so much for being um with Ask Mama Amy. Thank you, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 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 Thank, thank, you. Bye-bye. thank you for joining us today on Ask Mama Amy. Head over to AskMamaAmy.com for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also get my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children so that you can leave them with abundant resources to support them and a total peace of mind. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review to tell us why. See you next time, mamas.